the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're in Romans chapter 11. Last week we left off on uh, verse 15. We're going to pick up at verse 16, and we're going to attempt to get to verse 25. Now, in chapter 11, Paul is making sure that we understand that God has not set the Jews aside. Now, this is not about Paul trying to prove something about the Jews. This is about Paul getting you through the example of Israel, to understand how faithful your God is, to know how faithful he is concerning his relationship with his children, okay? And he illustrates that through Israel. Now, Israel had done everything it could possibly do to reject what God was trying to do for Israel, what God was trying to bring Israel into. They had rejected his covenant. They had rejected the promised Messiah. They had opted for their own way of relating to God. And they had made their religion man-centered, self-centered, based on what they could do. In all of these things, they rejected God, but God never rejected Israel. Do we understand that? God never rejected Israel. Now, we'll talk about God setting them aside. And what we're talking about here is their position as being the nation through which the blessings of God was to flow. We are not talking about them being cast out without any possibility of salvation. That's not what the scripture is talking about. So as we go along here... You're going to begin to see some of these things, and you're going to see that this section of Scripture has some prophecy in it concerning Israel. We're going to see how Israel actually ends up in the plan of God here. Uh, Now, in the verses we're going to deal with today, there are two illustrations that Paul uses. And as I mentioned at the beginning, these illustrations have been twisted to say a lot more than Paul ever intended for them to say, or that the Bible as a whole will ever support. They are well used for Paul's purposes in the context of what he is saying, and I'm going to take some time to make sure you understand that context, okay? As I said, God demonstrates his faithfulness through Israel. 
And yes, they have been set aside by their own unbelief, but that, that just means they are not the fountain of God's blessing to the world that they were intended to be. They are not the messengers of truth that they were intended to be. They are set aside, but it is temporary. It's for this time only. Now, the question we asked last week, and I'll bring it up again. Israel rejected the Messiah. I think even most people with a thumbnail knowledge of the Bible understands that. Could they have said yes to the Messiah? Could they have accepted the Messiah instead of rejected the Messiah? Could they? Absolutely they could have. And what would have happened had they said yes? Well, exactly what God would have done is that they would have been the vessel of blessing. They would have been the instrument through which the world would have received the gospel and the blessings of God. They would be used in the same way that the Gentile nation has been used in these years over time. And even now, to a great degree. What you see God doing and what God has done with the Gentile nations is the blessing of God, the ministry of God, that Israel forfeited. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Okay? Israel rejected it when they rejected the Messiah. As we saw last week, it was their choice to reject the gospel but their rejection was the Gentiles' blessing. As Paul put it in verse 12 of chapter 11, their transgression has enriched the world, and their failure is the means of riches for the Gentiles. This is the blessing he set aside for them to receive, but they rejected. Also, not all of Israel has been set aside. Now, Paul's the chief example of that, and so are the apostles. They were all Jews. There is a remnant The setting aside, again, is only temporary, and it has its purpose in the redemption of the world. And through the fall of Israel, the gospel came to the Gentiles. That's where we left off in verse 15. Verse 15, it says, For if their rejection and exclusion from the benefits of salvation were overruled for the reconciliation of a world to God, what will their acceptance and admission mean? It will mean nothing short of life from the dead. Now, you see the picture. And if you can't apply this to yourself, then you just need to take a moment and take a long, hard look at your life. Israel, God's plan. His plan to bless them and to be a blessing through them. To sustain them and provide for them. To literally allow his life's purpose for the world to be seen and flow through them that they would be the fountain the channel of blessing now here's the thing we understand a spiritual principle i illustrate it all the time through husbands and wife that scripture in ephesians where it says husbands love your wife and wives honor your husband if a husband wants to be loved if he wants to know that he's loved the bible is giving him the instruction love your wife Why? Because she'll reciprocate? No. Because the love that the wife requires is the love that God gives. And only as he yields himself to that love, will that love flow through him. Will he recognize that he is love? The wife who needs to feel significant, who needs to feel honored. The only way that she'll find it, obviously women have 
found it in the workplace. They haven't found it out there in the world. They haven't found it in being tough or going in the military. The only place they have found they will find significance is in honoring their husband. When they don't honor their husband, they don't allow the significance that Christ has given them to flow through them and to affirm them. So therefore, they've got to do what every other woman does out there. They've got to get a career, or they've got to, to work towards the body, or they've got to do something to make themselves feel valuable and significant. And God never intended it that way. That'll never quench the thirst. That will never meet the need. Now, the blessings that God has given and is, is given to us as a people are realized as we allow the blessing of his life to flow through us. Does that make sense? So, is obedience a curse or a blessing? It's a blessing. What God has given or what God ordained for Israel was to be the fountain of blessing. We Gentiles have been blessed because Israel rejected the blessing. Now, we're going to talk about the place of blessing as well as the blessing of the Lord that flows from within. We have been blessed and are being blessed as God, as God has adopted us to be his consecrated people to share his life. Israel will become a nation of faith, but that will happen at the beginning of the millennium kingdom. Now, the salvation of Israel will be a blessing to the world. I read that in Romans 11, verse 15. As you reject what God has for you, you become blinded by pride and self-interest, and you walk away from God's blessing, then you will not experience the blessing of the Lord. Can you see yourself in that? Their blessing and their inheritance, their purpose and fulfillment waits for their acceptance by faith. Can you hear that? Their blessing, their inheritance, their purpose and fulfillment awaits their acceptance by faith. How are you struggling? It's in who you are. It is by grace through faith that life begins. It is by grace through faith that life is lived. Let's look at verse 16. Now, if the first handful of dough offered as the first fruits, that is Abraham and the patriarchs, is consecrated, holy, so is the whole mass, the nation of Israel. And if the root, Abraham, is consecrated, holy, so are the branches. Now, Paul is using two analogies here, and it is in these analogies that we can get lost or sidetracked. So... Let's take some time to understand them. The Amplified is a great help here. Paul begins with a handful or a lump of dough, and the lump of dough is offered as the first fruit, the first fruit of offering unto the Lord. Now, this is a reference to Numbers chapter 15, where Moses commanded that they, the children of Israel were to set apart a portion to give to the Lord. And this is when this portion that they set apart was then used for the priesthood. It was given to the priesthood. Now, that portion was symbolic of the whole. It wasn't that just that portion was consecrated. It was that that portion represented the consecrated whole. So, if the lump is consecrated... The whole is consecrated. 
And that was given, and the priesthood used it to nourish themselves, but it was given unto the Lord. As a side note, this was part of the uh, system of tithing that was commanded to by God through Moses for the Jews. Now, tithing is a Mosaic covenant command that has no relevance for the Gentile or the church. Most preachers would absolutely wither up and die before they'd make that statement. But I'll repeat it. Tithing is a Mosaic covenant command that has no relevance for the Gentile or the church. That being said, you look in Acts Look at Acts at the beginning of the New Covenant Church. And what do you see? You see the new church absolutely giving sacrificially to one another, to the church itself, bringing before Peter and the apostles all that they had, or a large portion of what they had, always wanting to give. You look in the Paulian epistles, you see, you see believers who had little or nothing which Paul would have excluded from giving, begging to give to those who are in need or give to the church. Begging. Now, what's the difference? One was a command that was imposed on them. Another is the heart exposed in them. Now, you, this would probably be uh, the first time that I've ever spoke on this issue to you. But I want you to understand that giving is worship. And it is a vital part of your relationship. Now, what did I tell you about the blessings of God? The blessings of God are embraced as we give or allow them to flow through us. Giving is the same way. Now, I'm going to be very specific here. Some people will say we should give by revelation only. And what they mean by that is I'm going to wait around until God interrupts my thinking and gives me a revelation, and in in an opportune time, I will give. Well, that is a flesh-centered way to avoid giving. The reality of it is, you have a revelation. The revelation is Christ in you. And Christ says you should give. Now, I'm not going to say you should give uh, 10% or 20% and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going down that. I'm not saying you should give because I'm trying to build a building. I'm saying you should give because that's who you are. It suits you. If you want to understand, they gave a portion to signify that the whole was His. It was their way of worshiping and consecrating the whole. I got to tell you that I lived a long time with the whole unconsecrated. But I recognize now that the whole to be consecrated is my worship unto the Lord. I give because I worship. Does that make sense? The church, which is this body, not this building. It's this body right here. We give through the church as unto the Lord. Now, the revelation side is out there. You see somebody that needs help, and you hand them some money. As God moves your heart, but don't be using that word revelation because immediately what should be an impromptu thing becomes a, a parting of the clouds, and the, you won't ever give because, you know, I didn't see God's hand. 
That's not what it's about, guys. Okay? Now that's my short sermon on tithing. I do not preach on tithing because I'm a New Covenant pastor and I'm not a Jew. Okay? That's why I don't preach on it. We recognize that the whole of Israel is consecrated to the Lord, but not all of Israel believes. Did you get that? The whole of Israel is consecrated to the Lord, but not all of Israel believes. Just a portion or a remnant. Who were the first fruits? The patriarchs, those who received by faith, are the first fruits. Now, Paul changes analogies on us. And it's this analogy I see people getting in trouble with all the time, or read about it anyway. He changes analogies and he begins to speak of the root of a tree and its branches. And the root is Abraham, and the branches that are referenced in verse 16 are Israel, a nation. It is in this analogy that Paul is going to show us that Israel's not permanently cast off, but in a unique way. Please understand, this is not the tree of salvation. If it were, Christ would be the root, wouldn't he? It is not the tree of salvation. Don't confuse analogies. Don't get the vine mixed up with that tree. Okay? This is the tree of Abrahamic covenant, the blessing of the people of God. It is the blessing of the people of God. It is the tree of the Abrahamic covenant. It is the blessing of the people of God. Now, what am I talking about? All right, I just talked about it earlier. What was God's intention? Now, we know it wasn't his perfect will or it would have happened. But what was God's intention concerning Israel? Israel was always to be the vessel through which salvation would come to what? The world. Was the world include? Everybody, right? So, it was God's intention... As he spoke to Abraham that the blessings would flow through Abraham. We saw that in Genesis, right? We talked about that. Genesis twenty-two eighteen, And in your seed, Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And by him, bless themselves. Because you have heard and obeyed my voice. Now, all the nations would include Gentiles, wouldn't it? Sure it would. But where is it supposed to come first? Through the Jews. This is the tree of blessing. The blessing that we're talking about is the blessing that God has extended to the Gentiles now because Israel has rejected it. The blessing that we have even lived in in the prosperity and the blessing of the gospel in the United States. You've lived in it so long you may be blind to it. But the prevalence of the gospel, the fruitfulness of the gospel, the work of the gospel, the blessing of the people of God, the peace that the people of God have about them and around them and in them, all of this is included in the blessing. The prosperity of these people, that means us, all of that is part of the Abrahamic covenant of blessing for through which the gospel of Christ would come. So if you read that, this section of scripture, and you saw that tree as either A, being the nation of Israel, or B, 
being the tree of salvation, you're going to end up in a weird place towards the end of the chapter. You're going to be wondering if you're going to get cut off or you're going to get thrown away. You know, because it talks about cutting off branches. And the next thing your mind goes to is, well, doesn't he throw those into the fire? And you could get cut off at any time. Do you know that? Again, not the tree of salvation. It is not the tree of Israel. It is not the tree of the Gentiles. It is the tree of covenant. It is the tree of promise. It is the tree of blessing. Now, Abraham is the root of the tree, and we just talked about that. Remember in Genesis where God promised that the blessing would come through Abraham, and all the nations would be included in that. Now, Romans eleven seventeen, But if some of the branches were broken off, while you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among them to share the richness of the root and the sap of the olive tree, but if some of the branches were broken off, Now, Paul's expanding the analogy. He's expanding it to include grafting, the grafting process. And this would be be an analogy that wouldn't be wasted on its intended readers because they would have some familiarity with the grafting process. What is going on here is he's using an analogy that they would be able to see in their minds and understand. Olive trees, which are particularly prevalent in Palestine, they, they grow really old. But here's the issue with the old olive tree. Their branches get old as well, and they stop producing. Now, when a branch stops producing, the practice was that when that branch, old branch, would no longer bear fruit, they would take a branch from a wild, young olive tree that would produce fruit, and they would cut off the old and graft in the new, okay? So that when the life or or the richness of the sap of the old would enter into the branch and meet with the vitality and strength of the new, voila, it would bear fruit. This was a common practice. And you can begin to see the application that Paul is making there. Because of... Israel's unbelief, they were cut away from the tree of blessing. And they were replaced with branches of the wild olive tree. And guess who that is? It's you guys. You're all a bunch of wild olive trees. Olive branches. Now, the Gentiles have been bearing fruit, the fruit of blessing to the world. They have been bearing the fruit, but just as... In the true branches of Israel, not all of Israel was believing in the same way not all of the Gentiles are believing. Again, let's focus on this. We're not talking about individuals as branches. We're talking about people, groups, nations. And if you really want to be specific, it's divided between Israel, the Jew... And the rest of the world, the Gentile. And when we come down to it, the Gentile, in this particular case, is called what? The church. It's called the church. We are literally living in the church age. Who has prevalence in the church age? Who is it? The Gentiles, right? That's you guys. We are living in a church age. And guess what? We're coming to the end of the church age. 
the age of the Gentiles. So because of their unbelief, Israel as a nation was cut away. Not all of the Gentiles are believing, yet all are blessed through those who believe and bear fruit. Now, understand that. Not all of the nation of Gentiles were believing, just like not all of the Israelites were believing before Christ was born. But they were in the promise of Abraham before the rejection of the Messiah, and they were living in the blessing of God, whether they believed or not. Then they reject the Messiah. No longer are they attached to the root of blessing. They've been set aside. We are grafted on. But not all of the Gentile world is believing, right? But all of the Gentile world is blessed because we are. You can see that. Can you see that? That the world is blessed because of the believers? We are the people of blessing. Because of Israel's unbelief, they were cut away from the tree of blessing and replaced with the branches of the wild olive tree, which is us. Now, we are the people of blessing. We are the children of faith. We are the spiritual children of Abraham. We are living in the blessing of Abraham. And the covenant has come through Abraham to us. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to his life in every situation. Rest in his life moment by moment and receive from his life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.